Happy Tuesday, everyone. It's Zan. And Greta. And we're back again for another fun-filled episode of Sparkin's TV Tuesday, the podcast where we talk about new television shows episode by episode. Hope you guys have been doing well. Hope you've been watching TV. Because so much has been going on. Actually, we are adding a new television show to the docket. If you listen to our special episode, you'll know what we're talking about. But beforehand, if you want to check out any of our earlier episodes of the the TV Tuesday or our Spyrokin movie review, our manga review, our game review, or any of the other podcasts, you can check them out at www.spyrokin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Twitch, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. Remember to follow us, like us, and finally, one last thing. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you want to recommend a TV show for us to start watching, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spyrokin.com. So... Like we said, this has been a very engaging and unique week, and it's actually kind of cool now that we're able to review one TV show on the fly. It's not just having to wait until the last minute, they're doing it a week late. We're actually caught up with shows, right? Yes. And we have a new show, which is actually the one we're going to start with in this week. So if you listen to our special edition episode, uh, 5A, we talked about watching the first season of the Joe Hill adaptation of Nosferatu. Yes, the unique uh, horror fantasy story about an undying car. Yeah, a Rolls Royce Wraith, which is a tongue twister to say. Um, but it's it's really quite interesting, very creepy, but if I can handle it, you can handle it. So this is the, the first episode of season to start it on AMC, which is where you could watch it. You can also see it on BBC America. So look on those channels to watch the episodes. The first episode did come out. And since we do have a spoiler section after the music, we're going to talk more about some of the basics. But to simplify things. Yeah, we've seen all of season one and reviewed season one kind of briefly. Yes. And if you listen to that, you know what's going on. If you have not watched Nosferatu season one, we highly recommend it. So we can catch you up. But due to the ending of what happened in last season's season finale, we're seeing the repercussions and there's been a time jump. It has been eight years since that event occurred and a lot has changed. Vic Victoria, Vic McQueen, has kind of followed in her father's footsteps a little bit. Kind of? One, becoming a parent herself, but more importantly, she's starting to deal with some I mean, liquid help she's a combination of both of her parents she's not as clingy as her mom but she's hyper protective um freely loves the the guy whose name i forget lou lou freely loves lou he's a great guy and she recognizes that um and she's a, she's pretty decent with her her but she has her son own, yeah but she has her own burdens and she helps she self-medicate, self yeah, with some harder liquor. Yes, yeah, so kind of following the path of her father, but not Yeah, but her dad, bad. like, beat her mom. True. So. So she is dealing with flashes of what's going on. Meanwhile, you... She hasn't had her knife. She hasn't been traveling the bridge. Well, after what happened in season, episode eight of the series, her knife is gone. And she hasn't really had a reason to deal with what's going on. However, due to some news, she's suddenly become obsessed again with finding a new knife and determining what's going on. And this leads to more of a breakdown in what's going on. Now, the title of this episode was Bad Mother, directed by the series director John Chabon, and it's written by Joe Hill. And this, Who, if you don't know, is Stephen King's son. Yes, and this is the embodiment of that title. This is her showing her own interest over her families, and they bring it out. This sets up that she is not all right. Uh, in the first series, in the first episode, her dad said, two things you do. Never um, do. Never do. Never get married. Never have a kid. And she is, it's not because... And it's almost like their little mantra to each other. Like, he said it so many times. She's like, he's like, oh, hey, Vic... You know, what are the two things? She's like, never get married, never had a kid. Like, it's a thing. And she's had a kid, and she's kind of going to get married, maybe. 
but just this is going on now one of the other two of the other series characters who show up we see maggie she's now dating someone she has a more stable stable life that stutter was not intentional she also is not using her gifts and we see why she hasn't we'll talk about that in the spoilers and last thing the other character, well, which of the two other remaining characters that they speak of should we talk about? The one that's stuck in Christmas Land or the one who's has a new identity? Bing. Yes. So we'll talk about Bing. Bing, he's been he has a new identity and he's investigating purchasing a vehicle. And like we saw in and last his, season. And his look, just to like, not to slow your roll there, but just to like talk about his look, he gives himself a haircut. He kind of reinvents himself. He's not like that dirty, dark redhead. He's now more, you know. A brunette. He's a brunette, trimmed to the beard, but still has a beard. Um, and he looks just physically so much more stable. Like, not like the sad janitor but you can tell something's still just a little bit off about him. He's now creeper. Before he was like, oh, he's a sad sap. Now he's kind of creepy and intimidating. But he almost like looks like he could like he could get a real job and hold it down and He's and more confident now. Rent an apartment rather than live in the house that he killed his parents in. You know, like slight spoilers. Something but that was from the old that was from the old season, so True. So this episode sets up a lot. And we'll get further into that in our spoiler section. But it's one worth watching, one worth checking out. It's setting a lot of pieces up for the rest of the season. Uh, you have uh, the repercussions from what Vic does. So some of it's like really bad. It's like CPS should be called for her son. Whose name is Wayne, by the way, after Bruce Wayne. Kind of cool. And I don't know if if the repercussions are because she's not using her gift or if they're because she starts to use it again. Um, the situation with the oven, that's totally nothing. That's her just being drunk. <laughs> no, but her starting to see more visions, have more dreams, no, hear the phone ringing. That's Millie. That's all Millie. But anyway, so we'll talk about that in the... in the. But that's my question. I don't know if it's... We can brainstorm about that in a bit. So next show, the show that we're actually been really excited about and this has gotten to a head is Snowpiercer episode 6 of season 1 called Trouble Comes Sideways this is directed by Helen Shaver and at this point in time due to a slight error, not an error, due to a malfunction the train isn't going to be derailed (laughs) it could be because something happens with a hydraulic pump or something something Um, leaks onto a hydraulic pump and it causes a lot of problems and men... And all of the cars tilt, like angle, like they would need to when banking in a turn, but they're coming up on the Grand Canyon Bridge and they're going to need to bank the other way or not be banking or... It's pretty bad. So Melanie has to deal with that, but also Melanie is dealing with two other situations. One, third class is going to revolt. Third class is ready to revolt because of the situations from the trial and then the other aspect is she has potential mutiny with her assistant. Because her assistant is, you know, hospitality is supposed to be calm, cool, collected, level-headed. and Beth is none of those. Beth is all for herself. But she's also like crazy, like, oh, throw them all on the tail, detach the train, like, we're better than this. She's She is Madame Umbridge from Harry Potter. Very, totally. Very, everything has a place. And if it doesn't have a place, it's anarchy. Then it doesn't belong. And if it doesn't belong, it, you need to get it out. She is fanatical. She's a person that, during the Spanish Inquisition, will be burning people because she thinks that's what's right. And it's scary. So she's kind of being controlled, but not really. On the other front, Leighton has woken up from his, quote-unquote, vacation. And he's not doing well. He's... Coming out of being in a drawer. Yes. And he doesn't know what he's... He's sounding lunatic, uh, kind of psychotic. I, like, don't know how much I should say and how much we should wait for the spoilers. He, he, but he is dealing with that. So you have these two. And then another piece is that you have Brakeman Till, oh. who is trying to... Fu- who tries to find 
uh, Breakman Oz, who she knocked out in the last episode and is dealing with, he has something over her head now and he's going to try to use it in a very bad way. So you have kind of the end of the world happening while a lot and is the whole, going on. And the whole time the train might literally derail and everyone derail. Dies. So this would and very well could be the end of the world. And the end of humanity. Things are coming to a very big head. They're setting a lot of pieces up further with what's going on. Because the powder keg stopped in this point. Someone poured water on the fuse. But this is a temporary stop at the end of this. I think. What do you think? Well, they needed this train issue to take everybody's mind off of it. That's what the, the train having mechanical problems is what um, doused the fuse. It's what bought Melanie time. It's bought her some time, but she's very worried. She's got to do something. Also, some other secrets were revealed in this episode that it's making it much more compelling. And there's still the question of where is Mr. Wilford during all of this? What's going on? We're going to have to wait and see, but this was a great episode. Again, after the spoilers, we'll talk about all that. So finally, next, Stargirl, episode six, Justice Society. Directed by Christopher Manley and written by Taylor Stritz. What's so interesting to me, too, is there's so much that has happened in Snowpiercer in six episodes. And for Stargirl, I feel like... Nothing has happened. It's just set up, set up, set up. It's origin, origin, origin. We're still in the setup. So in Stargirl, you have the first outing of the Justice Society. They're going to try to save the day because... Something happens with Dr. Midnight's glasses that find her arch nemesis or her or Dr. Midnight's original arch nemesis is causing problems and they're going to fight it. And so you have them with their new costumes and they're going to save the day. Meanwhile, you have the fallout of Pat finding out that Courtney stole everything from the Justice Society's headquarters. And they have a and it opens up with that and it's very of a I thought I know you don't respect me but I thought that there was a little more than that. And she kind of gets that she screwed up. And then she starts to try to like make it better. And she tries to make it better by taking all of the stuff back. But they won't give it up. From these kids. But now the kids are jazzed about it. They're excited. They're like, yeah, let's do this. This is going to get my life back on track. This is what, you know, nobody takes me seriously. This is what I need. You know, I'm so angry about my situation. Nobody understands me. Teenage angst. Which is really over the top, but it's it's that you give a dog a new toy, they're not going to want to give it up, and then instantly try to take it back. So she's collected and cultivated these teeny bopper superheroes and has no control over them whatsoever. There, it's chaos. It's giving her a bit of perspective and realizing that she needs to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, you also have introduction more of two other of the villains. We finally get to see Sportsmaster and Tigress in their costumes. And it's kind of funny seeing them because they're a couple. They're married and they're like, we're super villains also. And they take things kind of to an extreme because they are loose cannons. If you've ever read the comics, Sportsmaster is kind of unhinged. He loves his daughter, Artemis. Yeah, but he is a nut. But what I like about it is I think, you know... At- if anyone has played a team sport in middle school or high school, um, I think you can relate. Because if your parents were not the crazy parents cheering from you for the from for the field or the bleachers or whatnot, then you've seen crazy parents do this. And I think they completely nail the overprotective, overproud. That's right, my kid is the greatest ever. Um, I feel like they completely nailed that. That felt so, like, natural and right. But it's more menacing because they're supervillains. So it's like they... Oh, totally. Like, regular parent would just scream at them and that's it. These are the ones that, oh, this is... Like, they say... And this is I wouldn't spoiler. say regular parent, but an- another parent would probably just scream at them, threaten them with lawsuits or something, or threaten to take the kids out of the class or out of the team, or key their car. But no, no, no. These ones, like... 
And this is like the and they say this is the fifth time this happened. It's like they they remember and they're relishing on the fact that yeah, the last one we, we made it that it was this incident that occurred. It's like, yeah, these two are crazy. It's so sorry that the other one's head was decapitated when he was mowing the lawn. It's like, yeah, they're just... We just never heard of that one again. Like, we gave up trying to come up with a backstory for him. Yep. So, it's interesting to see them deal with them fighting the new Justice Society who doesn't know how to fight and them using their their new powers. And it's kind of cool they're seeing that Beth has actually been accepted by them now. It's no longer that Beth is the outsider. But it does feel like she got shortchanged the most out of all of them. Like everyone else I got- don't think we're done hearing about her, though. Like, her origin story was kind of, like, rushed over, not really shared very much. But we kind of got it from snippets here and there. And I feel like... I feel like we're not done with her yet. She's much more self-aware than I think we gave her credit in the beginning. Because in the middle of the library, she's like, hey, Stargirl. She's like, shh, code names. You know, like, she's like, oh, don't worry. Nobody listens to me. Like, she knows. She knows her. she's miserable. And I like that. And her best thing is, this is the best thing that happened to her. Now, the other thing is that they are hinting at something. They keep showing something, but they're not doing it. So I'm wondering if they're going to do that in the last episode. What? But... This was a, a great improvement, but it's still just spinning its wheels at this point. It's like Stargirl is someone you're not rooting for, really. It's like she's interesting, but it's not. It's not like Arrow. It's not like Legends of Tomorrow. It's not like any of the other shows where you're grabbing, you're hooked. It's like this is a bit of a. I don't want to say it's a and we, challenging issue, but it's, we love teen shows. It's not that it's a teen show. We love kid shows. You know, we watch a lot of them. We got nephews. But this one feels like it's rough. Preteen superhero that's been really kind of whitewashed, boiled down. Like there's some parts which are very adult and it works really well. It's very disjointed. So I will say they did finally bring up the fact: hey, we have to bring up what happened to uh, uh, Wizard's son, and it's thrown in Courtney's face finally. And she got it, but it took like three episodes. This should have been the last episode they did that. And she's supposed to be smart, so it's like, <sighs> yeah. So this one, like, I feel okay. like they're, I feel like us as the watcher, they're dumbing it down for us. Yeah. And I'm like, we're smarter than that. Go at a better pace. Yeah, it's... But I did like that this episode. The mom felt more present. Like before, she was working a lot, missed a lot of dinners and stuff. You know, she shows up for the brother's science fair project. She encourages him. They're setting up, and they're getting more. They're getting steam. The brother was not as annoying this time. He was annoying, but he's just. He see you see that he's a kid who's just kind of like, yeah, dad let me get away with everything, and now it's kind of. He's also figuring out that he, it's better to be a part of the family than, pretend that he doesn't want to be a part of the family. Which is. A good point in that. So this one still meh, but it's very much there. still meh. The other two definitely are. Watch it now. Stop what you're doing. Stream it. And watch it now. So I think that's it for this episode. We'll uh, stay tuned for the spoilers because stay I tuned have for the spoilers. I've been sitting here biting my tongue. Yep. So remember, uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Check out any of our other episodes, and remember, keep watching TV. Wait till after music for the spoiler section. See ya. Bye.
Hey guys, spoiler time! Bum, bum, bum. So, time for spoilers. Yes, definitely. With everything going on, let's get to the spoilers. So we're going to start off with Stargirl. Now, first off, holy shit, opening up with them killing the coach because he, he benched Artemis for knocking out that guy. Again, I totally feel like they completely nailed that, like, those parents. Like, they're there, hardcore pushing their athletic child that does have promise. They're there coaching, kind of undermining the coach, but second-guessing the coach in front of the team, in front of the daughter, just a little bit. Like, oh, coach, why are you taking our kid off the field? And not even a warning, not even a, we'll let you get away with making our daughter cool off this one time. Don't let it happen again. No, kill him. No, they're they're homicidal and crazy. And we found out that they're not even like real members of the Injustice Society. They are just like they're icicles dogs. Yeah, they're really more like bodyguards or yeah, they're dirty the, workers. They're called the gym rats. They're just the ones who cause like you need something done, they do it. They're henches. Yes, thank you. They're not full members, I don't but think. But they're also not even like they're not like a 007 they're like a sledgehammer. Yes, they're not. They're villains who are. They're not a Lex Luthor. Right. Not at all. There's no finesse. I think they're like a step above Solomon Grundy because Solomon Grundy is a sledgehammer, but they're like the. Uh, they're the more sharp sledgehammer. They're a baseball bat. Pardon the pun. But it first off, of that is a great scene. But then when she when uh, Stargirl comes home. And Pat's waiting for her. I knew that was going to happen when they showed the room like, yeah, he's sitting there. And she's like, what's all of this? But he breaks it down like, I expected better of you. But at the end of that... and You have to get it back. You guys aren't ready. It's like, you don't want to have them die like uh, the kid did. Right. That hit her finally. That made her realize, I'm screwing up. Yeah, so she went back trying to get the gear back from everyone. They're like, no. We just got it. You just gave it to us. We're going to do this. Come on. You sold it to us. And and uh, Pat talking to Rick about it. And then Rick saying, what did you even do for, for Starman? Yeah. That hurt. That like was really like hurt. Who are you? What have you been doing all of this time? Nothing. You knew my dad. You've done nothing. You couldn't figure anything out. Yeah. And it's like he did more than his friends died and... He, Makes me not like the new Hour Man at all. Well, and he's overly angsty. He's like way too. He's emo. He'd he'd be an emo band. Yeah, but he's like even more so than that. It's almost like psychotic. He's like. He's got to calm down. Way down. Like there's normal teenage anger, and you know my situation's tough, and you don't know me, and you'll never know me. And then there's psychotic guy, and he's danced on the line since we've since he's walked into the scene. He had one endearing moment when he was like looking at the car with Pat, and then now he's just straight up angry, wants revenge. But the best of the four four new Justice Society members, including Stargirl, is Wildcat, and I love the fact that she was watching on YouTube. Well, once she got her phone back, which I'm shocked at, I didn't think her family would ever give her her phone back. But she got her phone back, and she's been watching clips of Ted Grant, the original Wildcat, on YouTube. And she's, like, geeking out about it. Like, yeah, this is when he lost his title belt, and then he got it back. And this is, it's like me. I'm someone who who is knocked down. I gotta get back. It's giving her confidence again. She's like, this is how I'm gonna come back. This is my comeback moment. I think that she is probably the best character in the group at this point. I still, I, I really like um, Beth, too. Beth with her just giggling and talking to Chuck and her like they're geeking out about Fahrenheit 451. You should watch the TV. Well, you had the original book and she's just talking like a she's crazy like, wow, person while wearing you're the goggles. Old. And no one looks at her like a nut job. Yeah, but this is like her first friend. No, because she's always been a nut job to them. But this is like legit her first friend. So But it's like those are our man's glasses. Wouldn't you be like, hey, she's wearing our man's glasses? Hey, our man's a little girl. No, I think they're like, why is she wearing weird glasses? She's talking to herself. Don't worry about it. Walk away. Maybe. But I just think it's like a little too like secret identity. You have to follow it. Yeah, like she shouldn't be wearing them 
at and school. She should not, but she's crazy enough as it is. And I like that she got so sad when he said, you're not going to take Chuck away? It's like it was heartbreaking. Because they were all excited, like, we're getting our first mission, right? And it's like, it was sad. Yeah, very. But, but then uh, Rick being the essential, like, we're not going to do what Pat says. He's an idiot. Come on, let's go get him. And that catalyst leading to the whole thing with the, uh, with, uh, the gambler. Because we've been setting up what's going on with the gambler for a while. And I've got to say, that was a little bit of a nice touch. Seeing him, like... And also, you saw he's afraid of Sportsmaster and Tigress. I think it's more, like, respectful. No, he was like... He didn't give a shit when he dropped those peas. And he was being like, you're under me. But then they said, hey. Clean it up. Because he has no power. But he was also still defiant. He didn't, like sweep up the stuff that he the peanuts that fell out of the bag he was still just like here it is i'm putting it into the trash can there you go it, it he's not really afraid of them he's he's intimidated but not scared of them right because he knows they could one is super strong and the other one's just casey jones whatever he's because he's the brains of the operation that's his whole shtick and he seemed rather intelligent typing away on the computer that was, I love that when they showed him, and yes, I was geeking out about the music, think, kind of complaining about that, like, oh, he's an old man, that's old music, but even though I don't think that's old music, but the fact that he's playing, he's playing the horse races, he's hacking into the computer, he's also playing a card game, and he's doing 15 things at once, is very impressive. Also, did you think that he was actually inside the base, or you thought he was at home? I thought he was inside the base. I thought he was at home. I was like, he's got to be at home. Then you see him walk out and he's talking to his cat. Oh, oh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, cat had like a, a flower name. Yeah. I don't want to say parsnip, but it was like... Uh, like, what are you oh, up periwinkle. to? Periwinkle. Oh, periwinkle. What are you doing? Like, periwinkle, what are you doing? And then the whole fight sequence. That was... Um, the fight sequence. I like how they did sports guy. Sportsmaster. Sportsmaster. Where he's got baseballs and he flies he's, it he's like just he's a shitty Casey Jones. No, he like he fights dirty. He goes, you know, he the kid, the angry hour man picks up the car and is gonna throw it at him. So he goes to toss up a baseball and he has the bat and you're focused on the baseball and he throws the bat. Like he plays dirty, like a villain would. And I like that touch. Yeah, he's very underhanded and very dirty. The costumes are ridiculous. His costume is stupid. <laughs> like, Our Man's is original Our Man's, and I get it. It's like, it's old age. It's 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 golden age superheroes. And that's fine, but Our Man is, well, um, Tigress looks very different. And Tigress looks a little hoochie. She beat the shit out of Wildcat. Out of Yolanda. She beat the shit out of her. Yeah. And, it, and the person who said But at the same that, time... Like, oh yay, congratulations, you beat up a kid. Yeah, well, she's a super villain. It's, 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 a, that's a superhero fighting her. And I do like that the person who saved the day was Beth. That it was, uh, Dr. Midnight's like, yeah, grab, grab the fire extinguisher, blast it in her face, let's get out of here. And Stargirl getting hurt, that, and almost breaking the staff, that was a good moment of, you're not ready for this. Like, uh, we almost didn't win this. And I like when she came back and was complaining to Pat, like, nobody listened to me. I tried to get them. To, this was the plan. He's like, oh, I bet that was hard. I bet you had their best interest at heart. I bet oh, you only wanted great things for them. And she's like, yeah, they were not listening. It took her a while to, to pick up on what he was it saying. It took her a little too long. Like, they played it out to, like, really bring us along with it. And then she's like, I see what you did there. But I feel like she didn't need to say, ah, I see what you did there. But Pat saved the day, and when he showed up, that was... Then the Hour Man kid was like, oh, you didn't just make that out of spare car parts. Okay, maybe you are doing something. Maybe maybe there's something to this that I don't know. You're Maybe you're right. I do like that uh, Sportsmaster and Tigress, when they saw Pat in the stripe armor, they just kind of like, were like, they're like, we're going to kick these kids' butts. Then they see Stripe and they're like, huh. Hmm. We should tactically retreat. Not scared, but like. But like, let's let this fight go. Because they already had won. Yeah. 
So a lot of good things with that. I do enjoy that. Also setting up that now the ISA is going to be looking for the new Justice Society to see who they are. We're going to see how that goes. Also, they're really pushing the Thunderbolt and Yiz a lot. If they don't use him this season, it's a waste of teasing. They're teasing him way too much. Well, it's also like we're on episode six and I feel like I'm like, let's give it one more chance. I feel like we should, this should be episode three. I feel like they've stretched out six episodes. Like when you go into a conference call and you're like, Hmm, all of this could have been handled with an email. This, each of the introductions of the heroes should have been a different season. Honestly, the first season should have been about star girl, not her setting up a team. This feels very Power Rangers-y, very uh, tokusatsu, you know, let's get the whole team together. Even we could bring up Sailor Moon, like, but Sailor Moon, it was, she had five episodes of just her doing stuff, and then they introduced Amy, and then you had a couple episodes with Amy, and then you introduced the other characters. It wasn't, okay, two episodes with her not doing a, her being a hero, then we're going to introduce another guy, then we're going to introduce another one. This one really is a meh series. I want it to be good. I really do. I really want to like it. it. Honestly, I think that when this season is done, if it doesn't pick up, because by halfway, I mean, technically we should have dropped a while ago. We're going to keep going because we're crazy people. Or I'm a crazy person. Well, because we can. So, let's go to the next one. Snowpiercer. Holy shit. Holy shit. Wow, 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 wow. So... Okay. What? Layton's out of the drawer. Well, first off, we found out finally what that. And he's is. shared with the other girl that that Melanie is Mr. Wilford. Which is not good. That's putting a big target on her. If they found that she is out of the tail. More importantly than that, we found that there are eleven cars full of drawers. So like four hundred of them. Like four hundred people in drawers. Not yet. They're empty. Several of them are empty, but they're a couple. And this leads to... No, I thought she said that she had 400 people in drawers. Like, that's the humanity that's been saved. No, it's they're setting it up. They're going to pick them over time. And the crazy part is the whole reason why he finds out about this is because uh, Josie ends up taking him to Dr. Pelton, the doctor who was doing the examination for uh, Nikki, who found out about the necrosis. And he's like, why are you here? Why are you, you helping me out? He's like, what, are you working for Melanie? It's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm willing to help you out. And like, well, why? And the reason why is she pulls out, he's like, like on each folder, there's an X. On you, both yours, there's an X on there. I just found mine last week. There's an X on mine now. So it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend at that point. So is the X like, oh, your key personnel, I need to have you to save humanity? Or is X like, you got to go? That's the question. Yes, and we also have what's going on with the train when the, the leak is because a battery leaked on one of the brakes and it ends up melting through. Oh, and Layton's ex ex wife is pregnant. Oh yes, but we knew that. We knew she was she had won the lottery, or it was rigged for them to get the lottery. Well, the guy had won the lottery to yeah. have a kid, but they were like some kind of weird three way four way couple scenario. So it wasn't like in my mind at least it wasn't guaranteed. So I thought this was. Was, was interesting it was but seeing Leighton uh well seeing what was going on with the train and also uh seeing Melanie like geek out about it because it's her train she designed it she designed it she's an engineer which made her geeky and also her giving Miles paperwork to do teaching about engineering is kind of she's cool. taking a special interest in Miles like hardcore so I'm wondering is that because she knows he's important to Leighton or because he's smart enough. He's. I think it's because he's smart enough. He's a smart kid. He's genius. I think it's twofold because that's a piece she could use to control Leighton. Yeah, but at this point, when she was checking out on him, she thought Leighton was in a drawer. Yes, she did. But then things got worse. Worse, 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 worse. Uh, also seeing uh, Brakeman... Uh, hold on, what is his name? Give me a moment. I have it down here. Talking to the kids. Yeah, seeing... Uh, no, he's not Breachman. He's a Breachman. Breachman. The Breach... Because the Breachman are the police. I keep calling and, him Breachman. The, the, the Breachman are the police. Uh, are like the local cops. But the Breachman are like the private security. And this guy, he's like so big and scary. But to the kids, he's like, when we do this. And they're all like laughing and giggling. I was like, 
he looks horrific. Because he's the only one that gets to go outside. And they're like, okay, it's time for, you know, us to move on. And he goes, okay. And then he's like, he goes to wrap up. It's not like, okay, I'm done. Bye. It's like, okay, kids. And remember, what's this all for? Mr. Wilford, you know, like it, it was propaganda on it, it almost level. felt like, you know, well, now that you said propaganda, I don't want to say it, but it almost felt like use it. Say the Pledge of Allegiance, like everybody's on the same page. It is, it is a little bit of, but it is a little bit of allegiance, but it's also kind of propaganda for it. But it was interesting because we saw him two episodes ago plotting to kill her. Melanie, but he's like protecting Melanie. I think he respects her. Especially this. after this issue, because she's like, I built this train. I know this train. I have to fix her. And she went out there and he was like, she did it. Even though. Yeah, she proved her worth to him. But she didn't take credit for it. That was the other part. Who took credit for it? He did. And the and uh, uh, I the think other engineer guy. Avi. Avi is the one who's been stuck in the, in the front. It's the other guy. Uh, Avi and uh, just gotta look it up. Oh, Knox. Who's the Umbridge girl? Uh, that's uh, Ruth. So, in this, you know, Melanie had to remind Ruth, calm, what is what is hospitality? Calm, cool, collected. We're here to solve the problem, everything's gonna be okay. And as a train's going crazy, she's the one that comes across the loudspeaker. And is calm and reassuring. She's trying to be the new voice of the train. I yeah, she, I, and I thought, and I thought she did a great job. Part of me thinks she's overstepping her bounds. Other part of me is maybe she was. I thought control. she was stepping it up. Like, oh, it's our job. I know Melanie's handling this. It's our job to keep everybody calm. I'm going to give them, even if we die now, I'm going to give them reassuring I think, words. At I the think very she's end. trying to take over Melanie's spot. I honestly think that's the case. She's trying to like say, "Oh, I did so great." Aren't it stepping up? Mr. Wilford would be so happy. It's like she needs. For me, it doesn't feel vicious against Melanie yet. She's definitely questioning oh, her. She, no, she was but vicious in the beginning. She was like. I feel like she's stepping up and wants to do well and is doing well. She is worse. And one of the things also when the train was going, the brakes were failing and it was going to flip over. You see everyone panicking and they're having their last moments. Like almost last moments while she's speaking, and you see people who were hating each other. And the the brakeman. The, the we'll get to the tail end Oz in a minute, but seeing everyone freaking out, and then we go to LJ stuck in first class, and she smashes things like there's a plate that's shaking on her table. She knocks it over. Cause she's psycho. She's like ready to die, I think, or she's crazy. I don't think she really cares if she dies. But we know Layton is not feeling well, and and. Dr. Pelton is going to help hide him. Now, one of the better parts about this is that Leighton, when he hears that Melanie is talking and that she's going to be in the train in the lower level, he freaks out and ends up breaking out and going to kill her. Not because he's she's going to be in the lower level of the train. He wants to kill her, period. And then when he finds out where she is, he's all up like, I can get there. He's, I kill her, I kill the beast, that's it. And not thinking about any of the repercussions, any of the other stuff. And he has her dead to rights. And she admits, like, look, we're going to die if, if I don't fix this. Please let me fix this. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to lock me in a drawer and kill me. He's like, And she's like, no, I wasn't going to kill you. It wasn't to kill you. It's a, it's a lifeboat. And she explains that the drawers are stasis for when the train dies. They'll be safe. That's why she's trying to make sure that, that humanity to, continues. And they're able to wake up fresh and fine and not crazy. But that's what made me think when she tipped her hand that there's already people in there. Like a lot. We know there's people in there, but now because he threatened her, I think that she, he's off that list now. I think she thinks he's dangerous at this point. He's severely dangerous. Well, she told him, you know too much. Like he said when he met, he's like, hello, Mr. Wilford. Mm-hmm. And she got scared. Oh, it didn't look like fear to me. It looked like, okay, now I got to deal with you. No, she was like, because the train is, is messing up. And she's like, I have to save the people. Her goal is to save everybody. And I like that about her. But she is... Starting to crack. She's 
spidery at this point, like trying to manipulate and everything. too many people know too much. Yes, so we have to see where that goes. Now, the last part was Till dealing with Oz, and Oz trying to be like, I'm going to blackmail you. It's in his blackmailing isn't for money, isn't for food, it's to bully people. And he just takes joy out of it. Um, what I thought was interesting is that when the train was tilted, he goes, she goes, who are you thinking about? He's like, I'm thinking about myself. Because she was thinking about her wife, wife. or girlfriend or whatever. It's a wife. And afterwards, you know, she felt bad because she never went back up up train to be with her that night because she was trying to fix whatever got screwed up. And he afterwards said, you know, I was thinking about my mom. Like, I wasn't thinking about myself. Like, okay, you're a human being. You're still a piece of poo. But oh, she says, she's a, he says, you're a piece of shit. I'm not going to... You can do what you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then when she tries to talk to Gingy about it, she's like, yep, I'm not going to... I'm not the person I think I am. But then she gets quiet about it, so... And she knows that there's something hidden there. And then ending with Josie and Leighton finally hooking up was kind of like cool, but also kind of creepy at the same time. Because it's kind of like they're in someone's... But I also thought that their kiss originally was just to exchange information. No, they're a thing. But they're... And she's married, which is the weirder part. Totally so. a thing. I think this is going to be a... Where this is going to go is going to be interesting. I really do. Uh, rather than that, I think that it's all coming to a head, and especially with the trailer for next episode. I think that uh, Melanie is finally going to get her hands really dirty. And I wonder if Layton is going to start the revolution officially. Or is this going to be another revolution? It's just going to end badly. We're going to have to wait and see. I don't know. But you know what? I like that I don't know. I mean, I have like theories and stuff like that, but I like that I don't know where the series is going. So do I. I I'm like sucked into it. This is the best series that we're watching so far, I think. Yeah. And now let's get to the new series. Season 2, uh, episode 1 of Nosferatu. That was rough for me. It is a rough episode because it takes this character that, as we talked about, she was. A, we saw all this shit that she had gone through in the we first like season. We like Vic. Vic worked so hard. Uh, she lost Craig. She was pregnant with his son. She finally, she, she burned Manx. And she ended up with Lou, the guy who saved her. And you see her seven years later, or eight years later, and she's like, she's designing motorcycle art. She's living with Lou. She has a son that loves her. And Lou absolutely loves her. He, she, she, he's the, so enamored with her, he's willing to do anything for her. But he admits, like, you drink too much, especially during the holiday season, and you're not in this all the way. And she's like, yes, I am, yes, I am. And, like, I don't know if she believes it when she says it. I don't know if she believes it either. I want her to believe it, but I don't think she does. I think that Lou can I think that Lou can tell when Vic is lying. So and he and he this comes out when he's yelling at her. So he when he asks questions or something like that, you know, Vic only tells him in um passe phrases or gestures or rhymes. She never just flat out says, I'm scared or I love you or no, she said I love you to him, but he can't believe her. Right. I think he can he, he can read. He knows. Right. He, she does love him, but she's too broken by... Like I said earlier, this is a show about a broke, some broken people, and she's broken. She's totally broken. She's trying to keep it together, but when she hears that Manx has died finally, she's like, I have to know, I have to know, and she becomes obsessed with it. Also because... It also doesn't help that... Her son says, who's Charlie Minx? Brought it up because you saw that something was wrong. It was on the television. He he saw it. But that hearing his name come out of her son's mouth was like ice, ice water down your spine. That plus Millie has apparently been harassing her for years, calling her, saying, where's, where's daddy, you, you bitch? It's like. Right. Because Christmas Land is dying because he died. But we found that he did actually officially die because the car had been taken apart. Well, the car had been taken apart, but Vic didn't do it. 
she set the car on fire. And then the other thing is she goes to see him, goes to the morgue. He had... she gets her new knife. She gets a new knife. He had... Yeah, she... He had um, the examination done. Autopsy. Autopsy. His chest cavity was disgustingly open. His little shriveled necrotic heart was exposed. And Vic takes a scalpel and stabs it. And then when Bing goes and I don't know if he kills the guy. No, who... he hypnotizes him to do the work. And okay. It's like, I wanted to, this to be to be nice. I told you I was a, a, a car enthusiast. It's like... When he gets the guy to put the engine into the wraith casing, that necrotic heart... Starts pumping again. With the scalpel in it, starts to beat. But he was very... Like we said earlier, he was he's more competent now. And like and a good example is when he they're putting the engine back, he's like, Hold on, don't mess it up and he's sounding very like he knows what he's doing. And he kinda does. Like he doesn't need someone to tell him, Okay, you have to go fix the car. Like he figures it out. Right. It's like maybe he was studying how to fix a car. I don't know. But he hunted it down. He he's found m- it. He's much more intelligent than he was at the beginning of the series. He's not as dopey as, oh, I don't know what to do. He's very... He doesn't need to be spoon-fed. He's calculating now. Yeah. Which is terrifying. It's terrifying because he... We, but he does have that problem of, one, he rhymes still. And two, when he tells a story, he memorizes it and he just... It, he can't deviate. He can't deviate from the... If it's a new He'll question. just start saying it again. Yeah. yeah. I was watching Monster Trucks. I was I was watching, you know, that all over again. But this time, it's, I'm a car enthusiast. I'm a car enthusiast. I really enjoy it. You think he's going to kidnap that kid once the car is fixed? A hundred percent. But I don't know if the car... I think once he... I don't know if he can drive it. The car will drive him around, I think. I don't... Yeah, he's got to get the kid in the back seat. But either way, I think that he's on... Without hurting him. I think Bing is on uh, Charlie's nice list now. Well, he will. Saving his life. Yeah, but I also think, like, Charlie Minks is the guy that might come back and say something like, why did it take so long? True. Or you hurt the boy. Well, we'd have to wait and see. Or he wasn't on the list. I don't know. I'm or he can come back and say, great. Good job. But it was good to see the new version of Bing. The other thing which was really uh, compelling is seeing how far Maggie has changed. How she's living with uh, Detective Hutter. And they're obviously a couple. And she's not an FBI agent instead of a detective. And things look really good. But then the other part that she hasn't used her powers in a long time. But we find out because she's going to. And she calls in for an ambulance saying that there was an accident, basically for herself, but doesn't say that it's her. She says, oh, it's the librarian with the purple hair. Please come, please come. And then she uses her Scrabble bag and then... It's gotten worse. It's no longer a stutter. She's straight up seizing. Right. Like she's seizing enough where she could break her back. So that's scary. So when using your knife longer, things get worse for her and... And how much had she used it? her knife for it to get this bad hopefully they explain it hopefully she's not in a in a in a, in a, in a coma well we're gonna find out i do like vic finding the vic finding uh the triumph which is vic is steve mcqueen's motorcycle from the greatest escape i was like that's a nice little nod it's a very nice nod but it's her seeing her slowly descent into madness is very dark and very harsh and seeing what happens with her son you know she starts to completely lose it and the worst part is her son is very matter of fact about it it's not like don't go mommy it's mommy take your armor your coat it's your armor it's okay daddy will take care of me yeah it's he's smarter than he is but it's very detached a little but it's sad that he has to be that grown up right she's a very bad mom in this ep- in this particular episode, she becomes a very bad mom, and it's really. It's not like she's not it, a, that. That was hard for me to see. It's not abusive. It's not neglectful. It's she set the place on fire. Yes, yeah, she did. She totally did. She left her child in a child. House. She left, got drunk, sped around, 
went to another state. She's lucky. He's not dead. Right. So she's, it's, she is going. That's a bad mom move. It's a totally bad mom move, but I don't think she's bad overall. I think that it's just gotten to that point. And part of me does not want this to go Stephen King route. I really don't. And what I mean is, like, for example, in the stand, in the original Shining, the book, not the movie. The original Shining, Jack Torrance, he redeems himself, but he gets killed. In, uh, in the stand, you have at the end when the trash can man comes with the nuclear bomb. It's like the main characters, they, they uh, save the day, but they die. It's uh, in, in It, you have, uh, not Stan, you have uh, Eddie dies to save the group i just hope that vic is not the vic doesn't die and leave wayne an orphan i really hope not she deserves better than that i think yeah and this is a tv adaptation it can be different i hope it is i don't know but this is set up a lot and every actor is great i love the relationship between ashley cummings and jason david who's playing wayne mcqueen i like how they're like they are a mom and and son, even though the son's a little bit of a smartass. And everyone is, is firing on high gears. Especially, it's totally believable, the relationship between Ashley Cummings and Jonathan Langdon, who plays Lou. Mm-hmm. Like, you could see Lou loves her. He's geeky, he's strange, but he's like, you're the love of my life. How did I get so lucky? I'm waiting for you to figure out that you can do so much better, so much more. I relate with him 150%. I know that feeling totally of... How did I get so lucky? And he wants to just marry her. He doesn't care about anything else. He's like, I'll sell all my bikes. I'll sell all my, my comic collection. I'll sell everything just for you. Because he loves her. And he deserves a kind of happy ending too. But I don't know. what This is a horror show. So we don't know what's going to happen. And I honestly hope this is only two seasons. I really do. I don't know how they can do more than that. But- I'm, I'm up for a spinoff. What, uh, Charlie Manx, the early years? Or same universe, different villain. I mean, we have four different shows from the same universe. I mean... Right. So I'm up for a spinoff. We'd have to wait and see, but we'll see who else is going to show up, because... But this is a really good episode. Yeah. And it's a great starting point It was rough to season. see with all the, like, the bad mom stuff, because you want Vic to be... You know she has an inner to be awesome. But we're going to have to wait to see what happens. So, yeah. So what did you guys think about these episodes? Let us know. Email us. Uh, Zanatspirekin.com. And what were your opinions of these shows? Hope you guys enjoy them. Hope you like them. Now, for fun fact, next week for Television Tuesday, it will probably just be me. Because Greta is taking a small trip. Nothing uh, crazy. Just some stuff. Maybe I can Skype in. Maybe. Uh, no, you'll be fine. I can I can handle this myself, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys have had fun. Uh, I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching TV. See ya.